as those um, last two prophecies come, just the, the phrase that kept coming around in my mind as just God just put, um, um, I think it's Psalm 2, ask of me, ask of me, ask of me. Should we pray? Yeah, we could too. Father, you said, ask of me and I will give the nations for your inheritance. Lord, as Mark's declared there, we declare Syria. We ask of you for Syria. Lord, we ask of you for the nations of the world. We ask of you for this nation. Lord, we're responsible for our nation because we live here. Father, we ask of you for the town of Northampton. Because that's where we live. Father, you said, ask of me. We do this morning. Our hearts cry out. We've surrendered all. Our hearts cry out that you would make a difference, that you would make a change, that you would do something different, that you would use us in a new way to see your gospel go forth. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Right, it's how you get three hours of sermon down into about 20 minutes, 20 minutes. That's what I was going to say, Mark, 20 minutes. Well, that clock says three minutes too, so let's see if we can finish by quarter past. That'll be just less than 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, me too, me too. So Luke 2 and verse 52. And it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And um, that's always challenged me because Jesus had to grow in four areas. Wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with man. And if Jesus has to grow in those four areas, how much more do I need to grow in each of those four areas? So those of you um, that uh, know me well will know that um, uh, Proverbs is a fantastic book of the Bible, full of wisdom. And uh, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. um, Proverbs, and for most of the months of the year, or a good good proportion of them, there's um, 31 days. 
So if you've forgotten a day, it's great, isn't it? Because, you know, you don't need to think, oh, what did I read yesterday? You just look at today's date and uh, read that chapter. The first um, nine books of, uh, um, sorry, nine books, nine chapters of Proverbs um, are fantastic fatherly Solomon um, Solomon grew up didn't he in 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 um, probably the greatest reign that had ever been um, either um, before David or after David probably the greatest reign kingdom that's been on on this earth and Solomon grew up in that Solomon knew what it was to be a prince he was being trained to be a king and he passes on the wisdom that he learnt in, um, in, in the book of Proverbs. So a fantastic book to read um, and one that I love very much. In terms of favour itself, um, favour is um, uh, uh, very much linked to grace in the New Testament. The root word is, is very, very similar. And I've written a couple of definitions down because I know Brian likes a definition um, for... Uh, so... Favour is the special attention of God towards you that releases an influence on you so that others are inclined to like you or to cooperate with you. Favour is the undeserved kindness of God. Favour is the undeserved kindness of God. See, there's many examples of favour in in the Bible. and, And I want to be clear from the beginning that I'm not talking about favour as in some terms of um, monetary or financial, prosperity, anything like that. Those things might come alongside it. Solomon was the richest, the wisest, the most, um, uh, 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 probably the most amazing king after his um, father that's ever lived. Um, when, when the Queen of Sheba came to visit, she recognised the wisdom that was in that man. He learnt, he learnt in the most perfect place to learn day by day. Even though his father was, uh, um, had many a fault, there's one of my favourite verses in, um, in, in Acts where it says that, that, that God describes of David and he says, I have found David a man after my own heart. So, just three very quick examples of, um, of God's favour um, upon people. And then there's lots of people in the Bible in terms of um, the favour of God. Um, you, just, you just search, look, look up, um, put favour into any um, Bible search. Um, you can do it online nowadays. You don't even need a concordance, do you? You can do it so quick. But Mary, Luke 1 verse 30 says, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. So we don't know much about her before that, but for something that she did, she found favor with God. Now we all think of Mary as this amazing, and don't get me wrong, absolutely. But do you really think that she felt that her life was favored? In that she married a, a carpenter. She didn't marry into some rich kingdom. She married somebody who had to go out to work day by day to provide for the family. 
when she was heavily pregnant, she had to take an arduous um, trip to Bethlehem. She had so much favor upon her life that they couldn't even find for somewhere to give birth in Bethlehem. But yet God says about her, she was most highly favored. Yeah? So don't mix, don't mix what God says about favor and what the world sort of understands about favor. Mary was favored. You, you look about her life. You imagine her life. You imagine, I don't know, eight and a half, nine months pregnant, um, riding on a donkey. I'm not sure that would be the way my wife would have expected to go to the hospital for the five that, uh, that we've had. Not sure that would uh, have quite, quite sold it to her. We're just getting the donkey out the stable and we're off to NGH. I can imagine, I can imagine some, of the, um, some of the thoughts and uh, words that would have come from my beloved. Yeah, highly favoured, I'll tell her. <laughs> Esther. Another one. Another one. Should we just turn to Esther? Chapter 4. And if you don't know the story of Esther, then please do... Um, read it afterwards, but um, Haman sets out to destroy the entire nation. He was an Agagite. And for those of you who know um, what happened to King Agag, he was the king of the Amalekites that Saul released. And then Samuel went and said, no, you've done an awful thing. And it was Samuel himself who killed in fairly not a, a very not unpleasant, um, not a pleasant way in terms of if you read it. So Haman, his ancestors were killed by the Jews. He had something that he wanted to get back. And he had, in some ways, a favor with the king of the day. But if you read from um, verse, chapter 4, verse 7... Mordecai told him all that happened to him and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her and command her to go to the king to beg his favor and plead with him on behalf of her people. And Hathach went and told Esther what Mordecai had said Then Esther spoke to Hathach and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. What happened to the last queen? Exactly that. 
And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. The Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We often quote that, don't we? We often quote that. But we don't often think about the circumstances in which she was um, declaring, or Mordecai was declaring, that you've come for such a time as this. Some of us are going to have to stand up and have, have to see the favor of God upon our lives to see something changed. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's quarters, while the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. And when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight. And he held out the... held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter, and the king said to her, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given you even to the half of my kingdom. That's favor, isn't it? That's God's favor. That really is God's favor. We're running out of time. I'm going to miss out a couple of other... The other other two that I wanted to pick up was um, Joseph... Again, we won't read it, but Joseph in prison. Not exactly the place that you would expect that you have in great favor. How was he thrown into prison? Because he was accused wrongly of trying to seduce someone else's wife, his boss's wife. Thrown into prison. Yet God said his favor was with him. Moses. Moses is a fantastic verse. I think we, we just, sorry, we've got um, Exodus 11. I think it's Exodus 11. Exodus 11, verse 3. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And they had so much extreme favor upon them that they effectively plundered the Egyptians. Took pretty much everything that the Egyptians had and it was given to them. Such favor upon them. So, what is this favor? Let's just uh, turn to Proverbs then. Proverbs chapter 3. And I'm sure many of you can quote Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 off by heart. But I, I like, as I say, I love Proverbs. Um, the first nine chapters of Proverbs are all about um, um, Solomon speaking out wisdom to his son. 
And this is the third section around um, uh, um, speaking out uh, um, um, the wisdom. Um, This section in my Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, which we obviously know from the verses 5 and 6. But if you look at each of the um, six sections, it includes a call to wisdom. So there's there's 12 verses split up into six sections of two verses each. And each of the sections is a call to wisdom and the grounds for doing so. Such that if you look at, um, say, for verse 2, the favor, effectively, for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Who doesn't want that? Verse 6, he will make straight your paths. That's the favor of God, isn't it? I'd like straight paths. Verse, uh, um, verse 8 then. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That's favor. And verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Preferably a Rioja Chianti or a, a nice Bordeaux. But uh, But I want to focus on verses 3 and 4. Verse 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And listen. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God, a man. Let me just read that again. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And we haven't got time now this morning, but um, the first bit of um, verse 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, is Solomon quoting um, God describing himself. If you go into um, Exodus chapter 34, sorry, it's jumping around. We're running out of time this morning. But if you look at Exodus 34, it's that famous bit where, where, um, where the Lord um, reveals himself to Moses. The Lord, and so verse 5, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. I won't read the rest, but that's, God describes himself as steadfast love and faithfulness. So what do those two words mean? Interestingly, some of you will have different different versions of the Bible. Um, in the ESV, which is the English Standard Version, which is the version I've just read, it says steadfast love and faithfulness. In the NIV, it says love and faithfulness. In the NASB, it says do not let kindness and truth. And in the New King James, it says let not mercy and truth forsake you. So the second one of those words is, is, is relatively easy. Um, faithfulness or truth is, as it talks about. Effectively, that word means true, reliable, steadfast. 
that we have to be true, reliable, and steadfast. It means that I can stand on it and it won't collapse. Are you faithful like that? Are you faithful like that? I know at times I fail my own kids when they ask me to do things. And I, and I forget, I'm busy. But I want to be more and more faithful like that. That that which I say, I will do. The first word, those tra- translated steadfast love in my version, but um, mercy or um, kindness in other versions, I always find it fascinating when, the, if you look at different versions, um, that um, there are different ways of translating the, the, effectively the same word. And that's because the Hebrew word behind there, there is no English equivalent. It's the, it's the, the word hesed. And we could spend probably three, three weeks alone in terms of looking at that word. And um, I would um, um, challenge you to go and have a look at um, what that word means. But just very, very quickly, there's four related concepts. The first is unmerited benevolence towards another. Is that what your heart is like? Once I experience Hesed, the second bit is it creates reciprocity. That's a difficult word. I struggled with that one. Reciprocity. And um, let me just... Yeah, good. So when someone shows Hesed towards me, I'm then obligated to show it to him. The story of Rahab is built on reciprocity. But also, in 1 John, emphasizes the reciprocity entailed in God's love. And we all know the verse, we love him because he first loved us. That's the best example of reciprocity. Absolutely. So, so that's the second bit of um, hesed. The third bit of hesed is it requires extension. In that if I've received it, I have to pass it on. What you've received, you have to pass on. And then finally, it's relational. It can't exist in isolation alone. It does not exist without community. So, that verse, let's go back to that verse. Proverbs 3, let not steadfast love which is that I show benevolence towards another. That I, it, it, creates, um, it re, re, creates that reciprocity, that, that coming back again from the others. I have to pass it on, and it doesn't exist without a community. That is what that steadfast love or mercy, the word behind there means. And faithfulness. I can be relied upon. That when you say something to me, and, I, and I, that, that what I say is my word. So let not steadfast love, and I've already broken my word, we're, we're, we're about 22 minutes. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. 
so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. See, everyone is positioned to increase in favor if we steward what we have. If we seek his face, and we've done it this morning, it's about his presence. It's about his presence. If we seek his face with the favor we have, we increase in favor itself. And then we'll finish in terms of a prayer. I just thought that I saw this um, written down. I thought, yeah, this is exactly the way that we do it, isn't it? Often we say, Lord, bless what we do. That's often our, it encapsulates our prayer, doesn't it? Is, is we want God to bless what we're going to do. And yet, the, my challenge to you this morning is, Lord, may we do what you bless. So let's make that our prayer. May we do what you are blessing. Rather than thinking about me, Let's think about what he is doing, what he is blessing. Because that is where the favor and good success is going to come from. I think all of us need some of that, don't we? Should we just stand and let's just uh, pray? Just one last quick thing in terms of, um, I'd really recommend, we, we probably all can quote the, Um, verses 5 and 6 of um, Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. How many of us can quote the other um, 10 verses that are around it? I would say that those verses um, um, will, will do you good. Read them, meditate on them. People say, well, what's meditation? All of you, I expect, are able to worry about things and it will go round in your mind over and over again, whether it's exams, whether it's what I'm going to wear tonight when I go out, whether it's um, what, what job I'm going to have next, whether it's about um, um, where I'm going. We're, we're all good at worrying about stuff. We just need to change our focus, don't we? See, you, that same process is meditating. You're medi- when you're worrying, you're meditating upon the thing that is um, the issue. If you're starting to worry about something... And I would say, have a read of Proverbs 3, verses 1 to um, 12, and just let that med- keep w- wor- worry about those 12 verses. Let those 12 verses go round time and time and time again. Psalms is another good one. Just read them and let them be the thought pattern that goes through you. Come on, let's pray with one another. Put a hand on each other. We want, um, I, I, want, I want success in this nation. I want favor in this nation. You think about Joseph. You think about Mary. You think about Moses. You think about Solomon and David. Great favor, great success upon their lives. And it was for a purpose to change nations. It was for a purpose. So, Father, we just want your great favor upon our lives. Lord, not for our benefit, 
but because we want to have that great hesed, that, that community, that steadfast love, that ability to influence those around us that create something back in me, that as I exchange with, with, with um, one another, it's the same as whether I exchange with you, Lord. God, you're so good, and we, we just declare that your face shines upon us. Your favor is great towards us. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord. And I just pray for every person here that as they're praying for their neighbors, either side of them, Lord, that great favor would be upon our lives. Lord, not, not for financial ability or not for, for success in that sense. But I want to see this nation, this town, the nations of the world. Ask of me and I shall give you. I want that, Lord, because we need to see these nations changed. Do it, Lord. Amen. Do it.